chapter seven of the day's journey this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the day's journey by netta siret chapter seven diana came next day and with her brought the atmosphere of gay irrepressibleness that belongs to extreme youth diana was seventeen she wore her hair tied as she expressed it with a cap bow and something in the poise of her head and the shining in her greenish eyes recalled an alert half-grown kitten she was no beauty though she carried her head well and in her slim body straight as a reed there was the promise of a figure that would not disgrace the goddess whose name she bore she laughed a great deal she chattered more she was utterly irreverent and cecily was glad to have her in the silent house how is archie she inquired in a pause of the conversation carried on during the process of diana's unpacking do you hear from him now where is he in florida oh yes often he's a faithful hound you know prides himself on it how do you like this blouse she shook it out before her sister i look perfectly vile in it but then i'm such a hideous monkey have you noticed that i'm exactly like a monkey sis look at my monkey eyes she sat on the floor and gave a startling imitation of the animal in question yes but archie questioned cecily again when she had recovered her gravity doesn't he consider himself engaged to you he may returned diana calmly i don't where are my silk stockings i don't like faithful hounds and i don't like matrimony for women you know it's all right for men fancy having to manage them and to pretend to think such an awful lot of them it's degrading i want to show you my sunshade isn't it a sweet colour oh observed cecily is that where you are is it the higher education of man you demand no returned diana airily i don't care tuppence about their education or whether they ever get any i just don't consider them at all what a council of perfection exclaimed cecily go on diana i'm interested you're a philosopher what is the conclusion of the whole matter oh i don't know returned diana absently wreathing a night-dress round her neck while she tilted a hat over her eyes at an absurd angle before the glass there's such a lot of things to do you can play games and read books and go about and see jolly things abroad and watch people and see how funny they are they are just madly funny aren't they there was a woman in the train who sat and looked like this at her husband because he'd tipped a porter too much her face twisted into a ludicrous expression of contemptuous indignation and resumed its normal contours in the space of a lightning flash oh and uncle henry gets funnier every day like an 
infuriated bluebottle pun my soul you women what you do without a sensible man in the house pom 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 you know she took two or three steps before the glass strutting with puffed-out cheeks and uncle henry rose before cecily's mental vision well there are always people so it's easy to be amused only you must never care too much about any one because if you do you can't be amused at anything any more and that's silly the laughter died out of cecily's eyes where did you get that diana she asked it isn't bad but diana's versatile mind was off on a fresh tack i'm glad dick's coming she said he seems jolly and robert's such a grumpus why do you let him grump sis just fancy i was only twelve when dick went away what ages we've known him haven't we how did we get to know him first i forget frank brought him to carmarthen terrace you know he was an oxford friend of his yes it was ages ago i was only a little older than you when he first came was he in love with you asked diana calmly she had divested herself of the hat and night-dress by this time and was beginning to brush her hair little girls shouldn't ask impertinent questions returned cecily looking out of the window oh then he was pursued diana quite unruffled how exciting for you of course you'll put on your best frock this evening won't you people always do when their lovers come back after many years and what about robert inquired cecily with a curious smile well what's the good of putting on a pretty frock for him diana retorted he's grown exactly like a very old grandpapa she put on an imaginary pair of spectacles and peered about in a short-sighted way frocks my dear what nonsense i'm past all that sort of thing cecily winced a little then she laughed robert will box your ears one of these days i wish he would it would be a sign of life what a pity it is she went on tying the cap bow reflectively that we can't have five or six husbands isn't it sis oh i don't mean all at once but one after the other as the old ones get bored do you scatter these views broadcast may i ask cecily observed looking up from her chair near the dressing-table they are not views exactly returned diana airily they are facts the old ones do get bored don't they i've noticed that no husband goes on being a turtle-dove very long gets tired of the same dove i suppose our marriage laws make no provision for a change of doves you see oh i know said diana cheerfully men made them so they're sure to be silly i wish you'd think of another way of doing my hair sis i look like cheerful caroline or good temper rewarded with this imbecile bow aren't you awfully dull all day sis with robert away at that stupid old british museum the question which followed hard on her foregoing remarks was called forth involuntarily as she glanced at her sister he's not going any more he's finished all the research part for his novel and now he's going to work at home perhaps it's researching that's made him so deadly dull lately observed diana with her 
habitual candour on the contrary it has been very interesting work cecily returned with an unmoved expression who's the girl who's coming to stay in the village diana went on as she fastened her simple white china silk blouse what's her name philippa edward the third thirteen something or other married philippa of some place she sounds like a history book she is rather like a history book now you mention it returned cecily half smiling contemporary history i used to go to school with her robert met her the other day in town oh well if she's like a history book she'll get on with robert and then you and i and dick can play together and have a good time do put on a nice frock sis and make yourself look pretty your frocks aren't half so nice as they used to be and i think you ought to go away to the seaside or somewhere it does one such a lot of good i looked awful till i went to folkestone this year and now see how brown i am cecily rose taking diana's head between her hands she kissed her babyish forehead with a laugh i must go and change she said they'll be here in a minute they were to meet at waterloo and come down together before the glass in her own room cecily paused make yourself look pretty diana had said she smiled a little bitterly at what the remark implied and then with a shrug of the shoulders turned to her wardrobe a gown she had worn at a recent wedding and since put away lay folded in its box on one of the shelves she took it out and laid it on the bed dick had always liked her frocks he won't think much of me in them nowadays she reflected with another glance at the mirror nevertheless she dressed carefully and thanks to that very present help in the concerns of women mayne's first thought as he met her in the hall was that lady wilmot had not increased in good nature why dick she laughed unconsciously echoing the lady who had occurred to his mind you groan she gave him her hand warmly it was surprising how glad she felt to see dick again and quite surprising how the glance he bestowed upon her increased her pleasure in the meeting the old admiration was in his eyes and on a sudden some of her old self the self she had thought long dead stirred faintly it was the first tribute of the sort she had received of late and she was amazed to find it sweet dinner thanks to diana was not lacking in sprightliness and as far as cecily was concerned in incident as well as resentment for her sister in a situation which she recognized as unhappy and for which she was not unnaturally attributed the blame to her brother-in-law diana cherished against him a personal grievance in old childish days she had been a great favorite with robert who had teased and petted her in brotherly fashion now his grumpiness growing as diana sharpened the errors of her tongue had extended to her and her revenge was a perpetual system of teasing which was not without malice been a busy little lad to-day robert i trust she began as they sat down to table i'm told that the british museum is a splendid schoolroom for little boys i must say i always found it stuffy i don't believe you've ever been near it he returned with an attempt at lightness how do we know you have either she retorted all very well isn't it sis to go up to town every day with his good little earnest face and his little school-books tucked under his arm good-bye dear wife only the desire to improve myself forces me to leave you she mimicked giving a rapid imitation of robert's manner 
so apt in spite of the ludicrous words that mayne choked over his soup i believe the moment he gets up to town he takes his marbles out of his pockets and his little toys and things and begins to play she leaned towards him like a kind and tender parent come tell mother all about it she coaxed and then she won't be angry with her little boy mayne and cecily both laughed of the two cecily seemed the more amused oh stop fooling there's a good girl exclaimed robert passing his hand over his forehead any one would think you were seven instead of seventeen and i've got a headache nothing but naughty temper because mother found you out declared diana irrepressibly you've brought her up very badly said mayne turning to cecily i gave her up long ago laughed cecily she began to talk amusingly quite in her old fashion a fantastic sense of the ludicrousness of life of all situations that seemed tragic excited her to trembling laughter her sense of humour had been roused bitterly roused but it animated her as nothing else could have done and for the rest of the evening cecily was her most brilliant self that robert was not listening to her remarks was a circumstance which at an early stage of the evening mayne noticed with some incomprehension and more resentment as his visit lengthened the incomprehension vanished End of chapter seven